Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Resurrection Body. Well, the body of the founder of Rhode Island, Roger Williams, was disinterred. It was exhumed or dug up. It was discovered that roots of a nearby apple tree had grown through his coffin. To some degree, says this writer, the people who ate the apples partook of his body. In short, this will ruin your donut. The food that we eat is part of the elements of the bodies of generations long ago, close quote. And all God's people said, gross. What? are you talking about? Well, this may help you diet, uh, for those of you who are trying to lose some weight. But the question is simply this. We know people are cremated. We know bodies are lost at sea, blown up, etc., etc. Even the example I just read. How will God raise them and, if you will, put them back together? <laughs> What we have to get out of our minds is putting them back together. This is not going to be a patchwork job. And we'll dig that out in a little bit. Paul's response to the person saying how, he opens with, you fool. Verse 36. Uh, It's always good to open an argument. Somebody has a question and call them a dummy. You dummy. Their ears are really open and perceptive. No, I'm just kidding. That's usually not the best way to go. But that's Paul. He says, you fool. The fool is opposite of the wise man. The fool in the Bible says in his heart, Psalm 14, 1, there is no God. The fool in this context is one who doesn't take God and the power of God into account. That's the problem with the natural mind. Jesus said, you don't know the the power of God's word. You don't know the the scriptures and the power of God. That's your problem, Sadducees. You don't believe in the supernatural God, apparently, who made heaven and earth. Otherwise, you would have no problem with the resurrection doctrine. See, the fool in his heart is the one who dismisses God. He must explain away the parting of the Red Sea and the virgin birth because it's not within his realm. He is He has made up his mind to dismiss the supernatural. Well, if you do that, you're going to have to just put aside your Bible then. And that's what a lot of people are doing. This idea of fool, aphron in Greek, is one who is stupid, ignorant, even egotistical. Sometimes I hear people pontificating about how they believe the resurrection is a metaphor or it was just, you know, the Jews trying to write a story about this or that. And I'm like, just wait until you get to a point where you're going to need this doctrine. It, it, it's easy to be proud when you don't need God, right? But even atheists, have you ever heard them call out to God in a moment of crisis? Oh, we all know. But, but some people want to just sit there and dismiss God and sound like they're smart because they've been on the planet for 40, 50, 60 years, right? And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying you're a foolish person because you are not taking God into account. Luke 1.37, for nothing will be impossible with God. God is the God of the possible. Do you believe it? 
That's who you worship. That's why Jesus walked out of his own tomb. And that's why we have hope beyond the grave. Paul uses something we know to explain something we don't know. And he's going to start with this idea of plant life. He says, you fool, that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. This is the idea of botany. Paul's used, first example, if you're taking notes with me, is from the world of botanical uh, production. <laughs> I was just, I recently did a wedding and we were in a botanical area, beautiful flowers. And think about all the different trees and flowers that there are. How many of you ever did a project in school where you did a, you planted something and then you waited for it to grow? Anybody? No, none of you went to school? Okay. How many of you will not raise your hand no matter what I say? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Although you just raised your hand, so I don't know. But anyway. So you could say it this way. Paul's going to use an example from everyday natural life to show us the nature of the resurrection body. Give us a parallel. That which you sow, 37, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or something else. So you sow a seed. When you look at a seed, a seed is not terribly impressive, right? It's this thing and you kind of wonder... Could any life ever come out of this thing? But you put it in the ground and you prepare the soil and you water and the sun shines on it and all of a sudden a little growth starts to happen. I, I planted some grass seed uh, not so long ago and I waited for the little, uh, the little saplings, the little whatever they call, they're called, the little blades to come up. And I was like, they're growing, they're growing. Look at what I've created. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't create anything. I just put a seed in the ground, watered it a little bit. God is doing the work, right? Isn't it incredible to think of the variety? So many times when we're uh, walking in everyday life, just looking around, we don't appreciate the God of diversity. I.L. Cohen uh, was talking about the, the debate about uh, evolutionary theory. And he said, when the understanding of RNA and DNA really was discovered, when they kind of pulled off uh, the top and began to see the complexity of DNA. He said the argument over Darwinian evolution should have been over because DNA reveals the majesty of our creator in, get this, today over six million forms of plants and animals. Six million forms God is a God of diversity. Have you ever watched one of those programs where they show you what's under the ocean? Some of those colorful fish swimming by and they're just, it's just amazing. Our God is a God of diversity and creative power. In the book of Job, he talks about behemoth and Leviathan, the things that God created, these majestic creatures uh, that one view believes that uh, the mention of these creatures may be actually ancient dinosaurs by some of the descriptors there as we go through the book of Job on Wednesday nights. This is the God we're talking about. We're talking about a God who created seed and plant life and so forth. We look at a seed, it's not terribly impressive. You look at a dead body, sadly, if you've ever had to do that before, and you have to ask the question, how could life come out of this? 
How could what is being put in the ground actually come out alive and with a glorified life no less? Well, as humans were dressed at birth in the clothing of the man of dust, says one writer, so Christians will, be, will put on the clothing of the heavenly man in the resurrection. Before the Second World War, there was a grave in Germany sealed with a granite slab and bound with strong chains. On it, an atheist had inscribed, not to be opened throughout eternity. Yet somehow, a little acorn had fallen into some crack and its outer shell died. Years after, everyone saw a huge oak tree which had, come, which had completely broken up the slab, still having the inscribed arrogant words of the atheist. The new life of the acorn had opened and displayed the power of life. And go, Paul goes into botany or plant life to show us that this principle does exist in nature. Jesus is talking about himself and he says, Truly I say to you, John 12, 24, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. John 12, 24. And Jesus said that right on the heels of his own personal death. My death is going to produce everlasting fruit because when I rise, you're going to rise with me. And we looked at the idea that Jesus is the first fruits, more of the harvest imagery as we saw earlier in 1 Corinthians 15. He's the first of the harvest guaranteeing the rest of the harvest. And so the imperishable Jesus became perishable, says one writer, that the perishable us might become imperishable. If you lose your life, you will gain it back, surely in the end. Amen? This is not the end of the story. And Paul's going to argue that there's a continuity between what is, goes into the ground and what rises. If you put a rye seed in the ground, the plant is rye. And there's a one-to-one -one correspondence or continuity between the body that dies and the body that rises. You will be you in the resurrection, but not a patched up you, a new you. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you should be clapping for that. You're going to be a new you. New knees, new back, new neck, new feet, new complexion. You know, uh, as, as life goes on, right, we have our skin gets exposed to the rays of the sun. We, we've got all kinds of issues. We have issues. <laughs> but God, 38, gives it a body just as he wished, and to each of the seeds a body of its own. God gives plants or trees their bodies, and he gives us ours also. God made you in the beginning. He formed you in, his, in your mother's womb, Psalm 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Glorious are the works of God. And God is going to remake you, if you will, with a new body, a new you. Probably what you were supposed to be had sin and the curse and death never entered into mankind. Think of how many different plants there are. Just as God did that, so he will do this. So, the, so even though an illustration is given from plant, plant, plant life, I can talk, it does not exclude God's transforming work. God is involved in the harvest, if you will, of plant life. 
of rain and sunshine. He set it in motion, if you will, and blesses it. And he will do it again in the resurrection. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Well, folks, this is Pastor Michael, and hey, I want to express my appreciation on behalf of the staff of Walk in Truth and uh, just the the wonderful things that have been going on in this radio ministry. Many of you have reached out to us recently. You've uh, joined us in listening to podcasts. You've given to the ministry, and we deeply appreciate it. And I have to tell you that this is not my favorite topic, but we have to talk about it, and it is the topic of money. And here's the deal. We are at our fiscal year as a ministry, and so we look at everything, and we have to look at what radio stations we're going to remain on. And just to be blunt with you, we're going to have to make some tough decisions unless we get more support. And so if you've been thinking about supporting us, if you're able to give us either monthly support or a one-time gift that could help boost us, we want to add and we don't want to subtract. And I'm just putting it on the table here, but um, we do have to make some tough decisions if we don't have more support. And so that's just the way it is. That's the reality of life. That's the reality of that radio time does cost. And so if you're being blessed by this program, I'm just going to ask you to prayerfully consider reaching out to us today. We do need to hear from you soon uh, because we are going to be making some decisions about uh, where we continue to broadcast. So reach out to us at walkintruth.com. You can give online there, walkintruth.com, or call us at 844-48-TRUTH. Would you also do me a favor and be praying? Be praying that God will give us wisdom on what we should be doing and be praying that the Lord would bring in the support so that we can keep going. We, we have a passion to do what we're doing. We deeply appreciate your partnership with us. So reach out to us. We'd appreciate it. Walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. We appreciate you very much. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. A new you. Probably what you were supposed to be had sin and the curse and death never entered into mankind. Think of how many different plants there are. Just as God did that, so he will do this. So, the, so even though an illustration is given from plant, plant, plant life, I can talk, it does not exclude God's transforming work. God is involved in the harvest, if you will, of plant life, of rain and sunshine. He set it in motion, if you will, and blesses it, and he will do it again in the resurrection. Garland says, divine agency is the key. Here's Johnny Erickson Tata. She says, have you ever seen those nature specials on public television? The ones where they put the camera up against the glass to show a dry old lima bean in the soil? Through time-lapse photography, you watch it shrivel, turn brown, and die. Then miraculously, the dead shell of the little bean splits open 
and a tiny lima-like leg <laughs> root sprouts out. The old bean is shoved aside against the dirt as the little green plant swells. The lima plant came to life because the old bean died. Life comes out of death. And just as the blueprints for the plant is in the seed, so the blueprints for the resurrection are in your seed. What seed? Your DNA. And the power for your resurrection is already resonant in you because Jesus Christ lives where? Inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's power, and namely His resurrection power, already lives in you. You already have the down payment. Your DNA is the blueprint, and the power of God is already resident within you. Praise the Lord. And you and I are going to rise. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it again. And Jesus spoke of the temple of His body. You can look at John 2, 19 through 21. Resurrection is not reconstruction. It is more like reorganization. It is God making you new and making you like unto Jesus. In the resurrection, Jesus' body was His body that came forth from the tomb. It wasn't a different body. It was His body, but it was now changed, now glorified. Apparently, even He could move through doors. You remember? He shows up in the middle of the room with the disciples and just seems to show up. And there are people that believe in the resurrection that will be able to move up and down and not just horizontally and not just slowly. <laughs> We'll be able to move around and not have some of the laws that hindered us in the past. Jesus' resurrection body is the prototype for ours. There were times when people did not fully recognize him, uh, maybe because their eyes were withheld or maybe because he looked different in some way. We don't have all the answers here, but you guys recognize some of those stories. In fact, uh, when Jesus shows up in the upper room, you remember, he says, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He invites them to touch his body. It was his body. It was the wounds of the cross. So there's a continuity between what dies and what rises. And then Jesus famously said, do you have anything to eat? One of my favorite Bible verses, post-resurrection. And they gave him some honeycomb cereal. No, I'm just kidding. It was, he asked for it was broiled fish and perhaps a honeycomb. I remember years ago, I first did a message on uh, 1 Corinthians 15, talking about the resurrection body. And I was talking about some of these subjects with one of my sons. And, and I was saying, see, and this verse proves that in the resurrection, we're going to eat. And my six-year-old son at the time said, that's so awesome, Dad. It means we can eat tons of cheese. <laughs> can I get a witness? See, some of us have to limit our cheese intake, and some of you have tried that fake cheese, and you're like, ah, ah. Everything's plant-based now, right? <laughs> Try this plant-based, and I'm like, I don't know. Tons of cheese, apparently, in the resurrection body, and you won't gain any weight. <laughs> the next, next example, Paul shifts from agricultural realities to different kinds of flesh, and different kinds of celestial bodies or glories. Look at verse 39. All flesh is not the same flesh. He's still talking about how the resurrection body will work. But there is one flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of birds, and another of fish. 
Now we move from plant life to human and animal life. And you can see that uh, fish and birds, for example, are given bodies for their environment, right? So that it doesn't amaze you that a fish is under the water and he doesn't have to go back up to the surface. He's been made for that environment. And some of the people in the church were saying, well, how can the perishable take on the imperishable? And how can flesh and blood inherit the kingdom of God? How, how could you make the jump, if you will? How can you move from this environment to that and be okay? Well, look at animal life. Look at the different types of flesh of animals, of reptiles and birds and fish. They are given a body suitable to their environment. And your new body will be suitable to your new environment. That's how flesh and blood will be able to inherit the kingdom of heaven. It is because of the change or the transformation. He doesn't stop there. He moves from earth to heaven, from below to above, saying 40. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one and the glory of the earthly, earthly is another. There's one glory of the sun. We move now from botany to astronomy. Another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For star differs from star in glory. Paul now moves to astronomy. The word glory is doxa. The sun shines in its brilliance. The moon has more of a soft glow. The heavenly triad of sun, moon, and stars, the stars twinkle. They each have a varying radiance. And so it will be in the resurrection. In fact, Daniel 12.3 says, And those who are wise, this is a last day's resurrection verse, shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Remember when angels show up in some of the uh, narratives of the Bible and people are freaked out and the angels are real? Come on. Come on, VeggieTale fans. They're real shiny. Apparently, one day, you are going to be real shiny. You're going to have your new body. It's going to be a new you, and you're going to have a new shine, a new sheen. Praise God. In uh, the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking about some of these subjects of the end of the age. And he says, then, Matthew 13, 43, the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels shall come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous. will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, 41 through 43. But he is quick to add that the righteous will shine like the sun. These examples... So also, 42, 1 Corinthians 15, is the resurrection body of the dead. It is sown, probably looking back now to the plant analogy, a perishable, perishable body. It is raised how? Imperishable. Right now, sad to say, you and I are perishable. Now, if you've ever bought food that says it's perishable, you know it has a date. Best if used by this date. Uh, we used to have uh, one of our youth pastors here. He'll remain unnamed for political reasons. <laughs> he could have something in the refrigerator for two or three weeks, and I'm talking chicken and 
stuff like that, and he would eat it after it had been there for weeks, and we'd be like, what are you doing? And, oh, it's fine. And some of you have like an iron stomach, and I, and I understand, sort of, some of that, some of that, but we have a perishable date. It's in fine print on the bottom of your foot. If you ever look really closely. No, I'm just kidding. It's not there. I sometimes joke my lovely wife here was uh, born in Japan. My beautiful blonde wife was born in Japan. And it says right on the bottom of her foot, made in Japan. I'm not kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was getting the wife nod right there like, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll try to recover from that one. You're listening to The Resurrection Body Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, make sure you subscribe to get our daily devotional called A Step Closer. This devotional is just another way to help you dive deeper into the Bible and step closer to the Lord. So help us equip you further and subscribe to A Step Closer, the devotional. Visit walkintruth.com to learn more. Please follow Walk in Truth on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to get to know you and remain in contact with you. We use social media to encourage you, as well as use it to keep you up to date on what's going on with our free events. So please follow us today. Search Walk in Truth Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tune in tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Resurrection Body. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.